Hey, Matt Kleinschmidt. What up, Mark? How you doing? Good, man. I'm excited. This is our year end. Yeah. I can't say it's annual because no. it's the first one. No. I always think it's weird when people say the first annual. The first, because that's that's Cause incorrect. It, yeah, it's like what, what, if, it, what if the world ends? Yeah, it's exactly. the one and only. Well, anyway, the inaugural. Th- this is our inaugural uh, year in review podcast. We're going to break this thing into two parts to close out the year, and it's also in celebration of 2015 mm-hmm. and all things that happened in comedy. And uh, there was so much stuff that happened in comedy that uh, we couldn't cover just by ourselves. No, man. not at all. So we invited some of our uh, comedy journalism friends, and uh, that includes Katla McGlynn. She's a f- freelance writer. Works for Split Sider, Vanity Fair, Vulture. Some e cards. She's uh, formerly of HuffPost Comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Sean McCarthy joining us. He's From the comics comic, right? And also works for Decider now. Yes, exactly. I've known that guy for a long time. And the Lessings First podcast, actually, as well. Yes, and uh, and finally Jesse uh, Jesse David Fox from Vulture. Yeah, he's the uh, supreme being over there. He right? is senior the editor. Senior editor. He's the supreme ge- being of all things comedy and a uh, great dude. So uh, yeah, basically we invited everyone in to do a little roundtable of the year in review, and uh, this is the result. All right, here it is. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. My name is Mark Seaman. That's unfortunate, but fortunately, I'm sitting alongside Matt Kleinschmidt, and together we are the LaughButton.com. Yes. And uh, we have a very special Correct. two-part two-part episode coming your way here just in time for the holidays, Matt. Um, we have three guests that will be joining us to uh, excavate comedy, if you will. <laughs> From the year that was 2015. See the, so. see the shit I need to deal with on a <laughs> weekly basis, day-to-day basis? First we come to bury it, and then we come to excavate it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, is that okay? No it's one excavates comedy? It's totally fine with Do me. you guys attend websites? That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got attending websites for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm that guy. All right, so anyway, Matt. Yes. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, because we're really going to break down the year in comedy uh, here with uh, three distinguished journalists who... Uh, <laughs> They pay they their all bills. Laughed when you said that, you know. We that. All have well, they are very distinguished. <laughs> although I think uh, of all of them, only two have the blue check mark next to their Twitter handle. So, well, I'm not verified. So. I'm not verified either. I'm not verified. Uh, yeah, how are you? Well, yeah, I am. Yeah, so am I. Oh, damn it! All right, so let's go around <laughs> right, the room. We gotta, let's, let's start with the verified. Just... <laughs> group yeah, we'll, we'll start with the ver- the, the, dis- verified, the extra yeah. distinguished uh, group <laughs> joining us here. Uh, Katla McGlynn, uh, welcome to the show. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Uh, you got it. Credits. Includes Split Sider, Vanity Fair, and of course Vulture. Uh, I'm going to say some e cards. Yeah, I like that cred. <laughs> That's that a crew. good cred. And uh, formerly of Huff Post Comedy as well. Yes. Uh, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Uh, sitting next to you is uh, Jesse David Fox. He's our other verified. Yeah, I was going to say also journal- verified. Long journalist. verified. I feel like I've been verified for ages. Yeah, I, know, I, I didn't even in. know people weren't <laughs> verified anymore. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what it takes to get that stupid check mark. Now but, he's uh, just showing off. We'll yeah. never tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesse David Fox is the senior editor of Vulture and uh, New York Magazine and uh, Split Sider. Some of your work has appeared there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, be, well, we'll go over all the Twitter credits later. Uh, I was just going to read it. Actually, it is every tweet of 2015 <laughs> starting right now, but I'm not going to bother doing oh, yeah. that. Good All one, Mary. Right. To, to your left oh, is uh, Sean, L. <laughs> Sean L. McCarthy is also here. Sean might be one of my oldest friends in comedy. Uh, we met, God, Aspen, Colorado. What yes. year was it? 06 or 07? I 07. can't remember. 07. 
And uh, my luggage got lost, and I had to wear the same thing for four straight days, and that was gross and disgusting. But Sean was right there by my side the whole <laughs> the whole time. Wait, did you get your luggage lost as well? No, I just had to ride a bus for eight hours from Denver. Oh. Wait, did you do that as well? Yeah. I did that as well. Yeah. So we my luggage the... was with me on the bus. Oh, lucky you! All right, so uh, he is the comics comic. Um, had the website been around when we met, or did you? No, I was in between. Uh, in between jobs and websites at the time. Okay. I was doing some freelancing uh, at that festival for the Boston Globe and for Entertainment Weekly. Nice. And uh, Decider now is a credit, right? Yeah. Nice. I, I can't get Splitsider to recognize me, but... Ah. <laughs> or, or Twitter. Well, <laughs> I can't get either of them to recognize don't worry, me. Don't that's the secret. Worry, Once you get Splitsider, that's right. The is that yeah. 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 how it works? I think they, I think they the actually control the blue checks. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. how it works. Well, thank you three for joining us. We really appreciate thank it. You. Being a part of the Laugh Button Podcast here as we celebrate the year that was 2015 A.D., and uh, I guess I want to open... He does this bullshit to me, too, as well. Every time No, look, I don't know it's A.D.? Do you know what Jewish year it was? I don't. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't See? know who's who here. I just want to make sure we're seven, all in three using the same calendar. <laughs> Six. All right. So, uh, the, I find the most interesting thing uh, going on this year is how we're consuming comedy because mm -hmm. there are an unbelievable amount of outlets now. I mean, we we all work in those set outlets, <laughs> and so we have to experience those set outlets. And one of the most recent being CISO, which is in beta testing right now. I don't know how many of you guys are able to beta test this thing. But uh, between the CISOs and the streaming of Netflix and and uh, the Internet and uh, actually going to see live comedy, which seems to be uh, hopefully not a dying breed you know people can consume comedy uh, everywhere youtube all these sites um where do you guys experience your comedy mostly uh is it in the live setting or, or are you guys doing it through the CISOs and the netflix and and uh whatnots uh for some reason they looked at me um i think <laughs> for 11 months of the year it's live and then when i'm working on a list of the best specials or whatever then all at once only thing i'm doing is like watching whatever it was or listening to things on Spotify. Um, I mean, what you didn't mention is that like HBO put out two specials this year, right. like Showtime put out two or three, mm -hmm. like Epics put out like four. Right. <laughs> like, I feel like not only are there's these new places, but the old places that used to put out, like, I mean, Comedy Central still put out a ton. Now the old places are still getting back into it. Like Whitney Cummings announced hers is going to be on HBO. It's, I mean, it's crazy that, there's been, I feel like, more specials put out this year than like any other <laughs> decade. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, I don't know if anyone has a running tab. I don't, well, I, Showtime put out a lot more than three. There's uh, just only three that you probably cared about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, but I'm okay. Sean yes. calling it how he sees it. Over here. <laughs> so, do you do you think? With that said, do you think uh, the way we do stream comedy now has forced these sort of older places to kind of get back in the game and step up their game and acquire big names like the Amy Schumer's and Whitney Cummings and and with Showtime you know Jermaine Fowler's special just aired there right. uh, do you think that's forced their hand a little bit to to get back into that game I don't know that they ever really left I think it's just kind of like the comedy boom of the 80s everybody's looking for content because they want to they want to compete yeah so you've got everybody Everybody, you get a special, you get a special, you get a special. Do you think, you think it's, it's too much? Diluted? Yeah. Yeah, you think, think it's, it's too much? Everything? Uh, yes. I think uh, <laughs> people, not, I mean, I think the the good ones are good and a lot of the, that doesn't matter, but a lot of people are putting out specials a lot earlier than they did or, and at minimum, they're also then putting out records much earlier than mm -hmm. they did mm -hmm. because sometimes 
a person's voice five years, six years in can carry them, and sometimes they cannot. And then what you have is people who really have a half hour's worth mm-hmm. putting out an hour where like a half hour of it's really good, and the other half is like fine to listen to. Um, I don't know. I think it's just there's lots of outlets to doing it. I feel like a lot of labels have come up that are releasing specials, and then you know if HBO asks, you're probably going to do it. And then I think Netflix. As, because it's proven to be a really, really good resource to put out specials, n- that people, if they have the opportunity, will probably do it because it really is. But I also think it's, uh, as was the Comedy Central model, part of it is just like part of bigger deals, right? I think people just want to get in the blank business. Gotcha. All right, Kotla, let's uh, let's start with you. Three specials that just jump out jump out right away 2015 for you. Yeah, well, I was thinking just now about um, Tignataro because... I think in her case, it was interesting seeing that I think I interviewed her like three times this year because there was the Netflix documentary mm-hmm. and then there was a show. Well, first, there was a Showtime documentary, like a road the documentary. Knock, knock, slash, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah, like yeah. a sure. road movie slash doc and special. And then there was the Netflix documentary about her personal life. And then there was an HBO special that was her big hour special. So in some ways, it kind of feels like individual comics can even get oversaturated within that sphere. She didn't even mention she had an Amazon pilot. And an Amazon pilot. <laughs> right. So she was all yeah. over the place this year. So that said, I loved her HBO special. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like my favorite special That was the one she did topless, correct? Half of it was topless. Half, half of it, yeah. yeah. The last half. The top half. The yeah. top yeah. half. Well, the bottom exactly. half, technically. The bottom half was the top <laughs> half. Good call. Sure. The bottom half was the topless half. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was fantastic. And it was a great way, I think, if people... I mean, you could get to know Tig to no end this year, basically. Um, Let's see. Next to, I loved um, Mulaney's comeback special. I thought that was amazing. Um, I still watch New in Town on like a monthly basis. Just put it on while I'm like cleaning my apartment or something. Um, So I really loved that special. And I feel like. I feel like we could just talk about that. But, yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like for that special, like I, I was, I was at the taping for New in Town, and like, they, it was, like I've been to a lot of tapings, yeah, yeah. as I'm sure we all have. Yeah, and like that one in particular was a very like electrifying type of taping, and yeah. I just feel like it was perfectly captured, and it just lives on and on. I mean, what's it been five years since New in Town? Four came years, mm. wow, but like a long, long year. already. Yeah, Jeez. yeah but, but like it, it had. As I've, I've, I interviewed him earlier this year for the special, and he's talking about how it had multiple lights because it came out on Comedy Central, yes, and then and then release, and then it like was big on Pandora. He's telling me, and then really, yeah, yeah, and okay. then when it became on Netflix, it became like a, it became a like a mini same. phenomenon. Okay. Like he plays theaters because of the Netflix of it. Um, Tiggs was my favorite, and John's was my second favorite. What I found so interesting about John's was it f- like felt like this rare time where comedy specials release was like a moment where everyone had yeah. to watch it within like the yeah. first week, which you only Absolutely. see with like TV shows or like oh, there's a new season of Transparent. Did you watch it already? Like I feel like. John Mulaney's special for these people I knew was like, oh, have you watched it? Everyone, I feel like, watched it really, really quickly, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you don't have that many appointment viewing specials really anymore. And I I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I, I mean, I would second that to definitely like with, with Mulaney because like, I think it's because people wanted the TV show to succeed and it was not great. Let's let's admit it. Yeah. But John was great. I didn't want, <laughs> it wasn't like, it was like, don't judge John Mulaney on Mulaney, the TV show. And I think that was like why people would, were willing to, willing to tune in to come back in so quickly. All right. So interesting. So you both agreed. Nataro and Mulaney, both the best. Uh, Sean, what yeah, do you what think? What do you got? Well, I, I f- need to say a couple of things. One, All right. Here you go. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> there's, there, there are a handful of comedians who could lay claim to being the comedian of 2015 if not for Amy Schumer, and I can't believe we haven't said yeah, her name sure. yet 
12 times <laughs> in this podcast talking about the year in review already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tig being on four different platforms in the same <laughs> year. Mm-hmm. When has another comedian done that? Never. Uh, that as far as know. specials go, I want to single out two that haven't been mentioned yet. Anthony Jeselnik. Right. Love that one. Who would have guessed that in just two short months, his thoughts and prayers special would become a major talking point in both politics and the media? Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. Well, I think I think the unfor- also his special itself is pretty darn brilliant. It's, it's incredible in the last twenty minutes or so of it is him basically saying like, "Here's what all the bullshit I had to deal with from like the Twitter joke with the Boston Marathon right. and all that stuff." And the unfortunate thing is we've had a massacre from a mass shooting that kind of like tied right into it, like on the heels of that. That's the unfortunate thing that he's tied to. Yeah, I mean, l- very much like uh, Jim Jeffries is tied to the gun control debate with that long bit about that. Right, every forever. Time, every time there's a yeah, shooting, yeah. that is on your that is on your newsfeed for a couple days. Yeah. So yeah, do you want that? Like, does a comic yeah, does want, that? want that? You know, I think they probably don't. I think <laughs> yeah. like maybe at first he thought it was, I I can't remember where I read it, but he says he gets anytime there's shootings, he gets like a lot of emails, right? Or and a lot of it's from people who are very mad at him. Of course, like it's not like people like thank you for speaking yeah. the truth, <laughs> right? Right. It's kind of like this weird thing. I mean, it happens like with Hannibal, which is like yeah. Hannibal mm-hmm. is like seen as this crusader where he like told an offhand joke. I guess over a year ago, and people think he's led the charge. Like he told that joke, not planning on being like the guy to take down Bill Cosby. And he'd done it a million times yeah, before. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> so I like, that, was, yeah. that was the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had seen. But that was 2014. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, that yeah. was 2014. The other stand-up, the other stand-up <laughs> yeah. about 2015. So Thanks for keeping us on track, Sean. The, well, the, <laughs> the other stand-up I want to mention. You know, uh, Jesse was talking about how you know there have been so many specials that it kind of dilutes the meaning of the word special. All right. So I want to single out Jeff Ross, okay. who did a roast in a county jail in Texas mm-hmm. this year for Comedy Central, and it was and he he really did the legwork of like talking to these prisoners beforehand so he could roast them individually, but then also you get a sense of just how screwed up our justice system is, and he did that not knowing that Black Lives Matter would mm-hmm. become a thing. Right. It's. I mean, it's it's a great special to watch. Yeah, it's Not too bad that comedy, gets overlooked, but right? For, yeah. But also for just the social reach of it. Mm-hmm. But isn't the responsibility and the job of a comedian is to kind of find what people are talking about and just like say, here's why this is fucked up? Like that's always been the com- the comedian's always been the court jester mocking the king. You know, I, I feel like in that situation that he might have kind of been aware of that being a thing, or at least just capitalizing on it. Maybe I'm just thinking too far ahead of Jeff. I mean, think he's part. I think he also knows it allows him to really raise the stakes of a joke i mean like i think he f- he he i mean he has regular material but his yeah. roast material is like a lot of what he's known for yeah and you know he's probably like how can i really make it to the highest stakes possible and he succeeded like, i mean yeah. that prison special is really really interesting and how it's packaged it's like, it's like part special and part almost like a documentary of course of the time doing it um so it did feel like this distinct entity I feel like we will probably see more conceptual specials like that next year. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Because, like we're saying, you know, there are so many, it is a bit saturated at this point that you almost have to have some kind of gimmick or something. I mean, not to say that, like, Tig taking her top off was like a gimmick, but it did make it stand out in a way that, especially in terms of our jobs, like when we're covering comedy, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for you to sell a pitch when you're saying, oh, you want to know about this comic because they have this really unusual thing. So mm-hmm. I can't think of any other conce- like concept. Well, Jermaine sets. Fowler's. Yeah, Jermaine. Well, Jermaine's. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
and we were talking about it with Jermaine, and Jermaine, one of his favorite specials of all time was Live at the Purple Onion by Zach Galifianakis, and that thing right. is just a ridiculous he, yeah. like right. special. And so does special directors have been directing stuff that it's like right? You got to get Rocket directed, or Rob Zombie did or a couple Bob of Tom Poplars, Bobcat mm-hmm. Goldthwait, or sure. something like that. So, I, so uh, 2016 is that going to be the year of the uh, first special taped underwater? Are we going to see <laughs> some crazy? Didn't yeah, like Harlan maybe. Williams do one in like the middle of the desert a couple yeah, years he ago? Did. <laughs> yeah, he bought land out there, right? Didn't he buy like a piece of land and he went out and taped a special? Literally told out there. jokes to scorpions. <laughs> so bizarre. All right, um, I'd like to pick you guys' brains about maybe two because we I guess we around did two each. Um, what two specials underwhelmed for you guys? Oh. Maybe you were a little oh, <laughs> shots fired. No, I I want to bring this up because you know sometimes these comedians you know we expect a lot from them. There's a lot of pressure on them to deliver. You know all the hype with with Schumer special for HBO. Like was it going to deliver? You don't know. Um, and someone like Louie who puts out it seems a special every day. Uh, you know is this one any better or worse than the last one? Like at what point? Do these specials, like you said, Sean, become less special because maybe they're happening too often? Uh, I mean, what slid under the radar? I'll, what was I'll kind say, of underwhelming and just kind of got lost the, in the I, sauce? I think Louis' Comedy Store special wasn't nearly as good. I was mean, that like this year? That was oh, the, the end of last year. He did two this year. Oh, did Madison he Square Garden. Yeah. He did the Garden. They they did the, the, then year. he did the Comedy Store. And like... I don't know. Watch Chewed Up. I watched Chewed Up the other day, or Hilarious. Like those are like that's Louis. These new ones, they're great. Don't get me wrong, but they could use a little bit more time of like formulating the joke too. So I mean, are, are you guys scared of this conversation? I mean, no, I, I don't yeah, want to bash no, anybody. Yeah. Uh, we are I think the journalists. Think a little right? more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I didn't love Amy Schumer's special. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the things she did, I did love throughout the year. I, and I thought the special was the weakest articulation of her point of view of all of them um there there's literally like the joke like that kevin james joke like that comparison is a thing that she brought up in a variety of contexts and it felt like is a joke that also was in the 12 angry men episode and it felt like that was a better articulation of that perspective than i felt her special was um i thought the ending Particularly where she does the Patrice. Comparison well, not even that she did. Patrice, so like to do kind of like yeah. Yeah. jokes is like a very. Yeah. I thought that was. I have ten minutes more I need to fill. Um, so I didn't love that. Uh, so I, that was a disappointment because I did think this. She really did define this year in comedy. Of course, and there were things this year that were huge successes for her and deserve it, and that I did not feel was an example of it. I would say actually. So I was at the taping for that. Okay, the, right, the Apollo, right? Where do you sit? Where do you Apollo. sit? Where were you? I was in the I was in the right side, like okay. five rows in. Okay. Um, so you had a good opposite, seat. You had a good opposite seat. the log. Yeah, it was good. Opposite the log. <laughs> Energy was high. Like paint the. Um, paint I the would picture say of it. fucking story. <laughs> Let Mark. me talk. Oh, sorry. Let me talk. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I will say this. Okay, so I think that the energy... I was at the first taping. There were two tapings that night, and then they obviously, like, edited together, so I'm not Mm -hmm. sure exactly what portions were taped for my... um, the the one that I was at. But, like, yeah, the energy in the room was not great. Like, it was early in the day. It was, like, 7 p.m., and it was Mm -hmm. a little bit, like, kind of waking them up, like Mark Norman opened up for her, and, and it was a little bit of a struggle, I think, for him to get people kind of in the mood. And then I would say I agree with Jesse because I, I did cover the special and I enjoyed it, but I felt like after seeing so much Amy all year in so many different ways, it also not only did it was it not as strong, but also it was a little bit weird to get yourself back into hearing her self-deprecating jokes. Okay. And there was a lot of material where you're like, yeah, maybe like a couple years ago, but like these aren't coming from a place of truth as much anymore because okay. she's so famous and popular that it just felt a little phony to me at times. And I will say that there was, I felt like there were a few things that were cut 
that I thought were really funny. Like she had this sort of joke about, but they were cut, I think, for good reason because they were so topical. But like, for example, when the photo of her went around that where she was on the like standing surfboard thing oh, yeah, yeah. and she, it was like a little unflattering. Mm-hmm. And so she did like a few minutes on that that were really funny, but you could tell like it wasn't going to make it because it was such a like a current moment thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't really gotcha. last. Cool. Anything else besides humor kind of underwhelmed for you? I- or get lost in the sauce because there are just it's so hard many. For me to think. I mean, yeah, there was so much. I was like thinking about all the good stuff on the way over here. <laughs> what, what, what about you? Well, I mean, there were there were you know probably a couple dozen that came through that I looked at and was like I didn't even have the heart to watch it. That's fair. Wow. So, like it was okay. more of a cinema mission. So um, of the ones that I did see, uh, you know, I'll echo the point about like I just posted a podcast interview with uh, the Boston comedian Tony V, and we were talking about how. Yeah, the the Amy Schumer Patrice O'Neill jokes. He was like, he was ashamed that both of them put them on TV. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, it's like, why would you put it? It is like, so such true. A basic it's yeah, street it's joke true. on no, TV. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But um, Jay Farrow's special on Showtime, I was kind of underwhelmed by. You know, he's 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 a star impersonator mm-hmm. on on SNL. But there were the bits in between the impersonations were a little lacking for me. I, I feel like that tends to be the case with a lot of people that do impressions, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, that is their skill set, or at least that's what they're known for. Yeah. And then when they do kind of go after, they're not flexing that muscle as much. You know, it's not that the potential's not there. It's just they're not doing straight stand-up sets. They're Especially so focused on... Especially with a schedule on, like SNL. Sure. Yeah. When does I mean, he have time? Sure. Exactly. Uh, Jeff, so, so that means the perfect point. Why do a special then? Like, what do you... You know what I mean? Well, and, someone's probably willing to pay him some money. Yeah. yeah. Spe- <laughs> speaking of Jeff Dunham, he had a... Uh, <laughs> He had a prime time. He had a prime time hour on NBC. He yeah. did. That's right. He did. And, totally uh, he's still like one of the that. highest. Oh yeah, that guy still prints money. Like I number mean, three or yeah, something. something. It's insane. That, that doesn't make him funny. Oh, I know. Well, no, but I don't think anyone comment. said that. Yeah, right. but there's been plenty of people that have made a lot of money at not being good at whatever it was that they All right, made. So that Jeff money. done a prime time special on NBC. Has that did that even blip on anyone's radar after it? No. no. Do you guys watch it? I got some hits you know, on my website, but <laughs> <laughs> did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I'm, uh, I didn't see it. But it's yeah. I mean, it's, the, it's, a perfect example. This guy's underwh- it was underwhelming. It's this not. guy's wildly popular. Had a show on Comedy Central. I think it lasted two episodes, three episodes. I, I feel it lasted like that, a season, but I feel like that show got cut and disappeared quick. But who are his fans? People that watch NBC in prime time probably aren't. Like, probably are his fans. You think not? Or CMT? So just Maybe? America. Well, well, America. Ventriloquism fans are a decidedly different sort to begin with. True. Sure. And, and again, I, now I feel I don't want to speak too much about it because I have not seen it. But yeah. what I do know, like, I imagine he still has – does he still have Akbar, right? Is that the uh, name? Ahmed the, Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed the dead terrorist, yes. Yeah, so I feel like people that like that. Sure. I feel like that's a good enough encapsulation of yeah. maybe who might be interested. So America. Donald Trump fans? <laughs> yeah, Donald, Donald Trump, Trump fans. fans. There you go. I mean, like, Trump is a significant uh, political candidate. You imagine there's people that would want to hear jokes from a dead yeah, terrorist. Yeah. Um, it's too bad they already did that roast. Oh, of Jeff Dunham? No, oh, of Trump. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Trump roast. God, I, I mean, could that, e- that could that was, even uh, happen again? Would that? I mean, had it not happened, would it be able to? I don't think they have either. I don't think they should. I bet if he asked, Comedy Central would do it. I mean, like Comedy yeah. Central doesn't care. Yeah, they do them partly when people are willing to do them. Yes, sure. uh, it's not like, like, well, we did one with you already. Like, who remembers that? I think they're trying to go room. for the name now at this point. They've yeah. gotten, they've had a few like big names like Franco and Bieber. Now yeah. it's like, all right, now who do you get next? All right, well, Trump. we're I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all in agreement that Amy Schumer 
is 2015, right? Yeah. Overall, blank, mm-hmm. you know, blanket statement. She yeah. crushed. She annihilated everything from hosting MTV uh, Movie Awards to, you know, her HBO special, like it or not, you know, her television show is unbelievably successful. Yeah. Trainwreck was over 100 yep. million dollars at the box office. Yeah. Congrats to her on that. That's amazing. Uh, I, I she think, wrote. Yes, which she yeah. wrote and starred in. She did a great job acting, by the way. I, yeah. I really enjoyed her acting. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, so, so it's unanimous. The year of Amy Schumer, yes. 2015. Sure. So, <laughs> so with we that said, who's runner up? Who else had a fantastic year that kind of got overshadowed uh, by Amy and, and also uh, did a lot of great work? You know, in well, I mentioned Tig. Uh, yeah, Tig. Yeah, Tig. Um, Tig? Aziz Ansari in another sure. year. Mm-hmm. He played Madison Square Garden and put it out as a Netflix special. Yes. Did he had sell a multi million dollar show? book deal. Yes. And then Master of None yep. is also getting him a Golden Globe nomination, Critics' Choice nomination. So he's right yeah, there. I was really right impressed with his book, by the way. It's I, very good. You read it? Yeah. I've heard nothing but spectacular it's things so, about it. It yeah. kind of reads like a textbook. Like he really, okay. his I guess his co-writer, um, and he did a lot of research. But um, it's funny, but it's actually like a pretty elaborate text on dating. Okay, so well, that it, was he did a lot because he was wasn't he like doing open calls for like I need audiences between yeah, this yeah. age groups male mm-hmm. female so I, well, I think he's been reading people's text messages on stage for like three yeah. years now. well that's also Doug Benson's thing now he just mm-hmm. reads his own tweets now these days too, oh well he so, reads yeah. like like text to people that are dating oh and, like, oh, oh. Analyze yeah, it's his, he, it's oh, his oh, muse oh. is other people's text messages gotcha yeah. okay so, so I thought fun. that was an interesting he's doing okay way. in the romance department yeah now that's I think that's part of the hard things like he's been with the same person now for long enough that he can't do new dating material. <laughs> See, I I love Aziz. I don't love his stand up, but I love everything else he does. Like I think Master of None was great. Yeah. I think the book was a great idea. But like stand up, I'm 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 always underwhelmed when I see Aziz on stage. He puts out so much material. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's he, it. I think if he did one special from the last three years, it'd yeah. been really really good. But he he like goes through material really yeah. quick, and I think it's hard when you're that big to get real laughs. I mean, like in a, yeah. when you're working on something because he's so charismatic. Of course, they can get laughs on just like. Dating's crazy, right? This is true. And he works hard, but it's still really hard to judge. I mean, all those guys have a really, really hard time. Yeah, I mean, like, I've seen Seinfeld drop in various places in around the city, and, like, th- there's a 10-minute standing ovation for the guy who can even say a word, you know? So I guess with his cadence alone, yeah. you're just like, that's funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got his residency all set up, right, at the Beacon Theater here in New yeah. York City. One one show a month for 2016. Billy that's Joel the, style. Sold out. Yeah. Also, yeah, real fast. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I mean, it, what's Beacon hold? A couple thousand, 3, right? It's, yeah, it's not very much. So I think he was just trying to find like whatever was the closest to his apartment that he could do. <laughs> he, well, he really doesn't want to do Madison. Like I interviewed, I guess I interviewed him this spring, and I was like, "Would you do Madison Square Garden?" It's like, no way. I have no interest. And also, like I think we're this the desire to play Madison Square Garden, this like weird phenomenon. Yeah. And Jerry's like, I it'd be a worse crowd, and. uh I've recently learned it, you get paid much less because it costs so much money to, to rent do the room, anything. right? Yeah. Yeah. Take the room, Renting yeah. room is so expensive mm-hmm. that it's much like you get more if you do a show at Beacon, let alone like Radio City or like even Apollo. But it's that feather in the cap. Yeah, of I cool. did the garden, which got nuts these last couple of years. Yeah, I want to talk about that real quick. <laughs> so Aziz goes for two shows at the garden. I believe he sold out the first one, but not the second one, right? He did. Yeah, two... they did like Groupon for the second one. Oh, really? oh yeah, God, that's so and weird. And it did yeah. not fill. Out. I was at the second taping of the Aziz one and it was pretty empty Ooh. I oh. thought. it's unfortunate yeah, so you, you I mean s- Gaffigan just did the garden this, what, two weekends ago 
Last weekend? Last weekend. Last yeah. weekend. Just a few days. Bird so, did it a month ago? Bird, Bird, Bird did it in New York Comedy Festival. And so Kevin Louis, Hart, Louis Kevin did it? Kevin Hart did it again. Kevin, well, Kevin Hart, Hart did like, it again? Really? Yeah, like, Kevin Hart can really well, that do That was that Chris Rock quote, everyone sells out the garden, but yeah, Chris Kevin, Rock's, uh, Kevin Hart sells out the real garden which yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind the stage. Well, Kevin Hart also sold out Barclays and the uh, yeah. one in Newark. Right. The, the, I saw, and then he played I the stadium in Philly. Yeah, yeah. which is, I live in, the, I was born and raised in that area. There is 10 miles difference between those two places. It's nothing, so. I guess- Kevin is probably the runner-up to Amy and the comedian that was the most successful this year. Yeah. From stand-up, yeah, I'm sure. In movies. And movies. Yeah, yeah and movies. movies. Well, God, he's got a new one out hard. every single weekend, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, uh, and everyone's going to forget Gabriel Iglesias and the Garden. Oh, that's right. The Garden, the garden Attempt, oh, right? Wow, yeah. Was that this year, too? And it was 2015 that Louis sold out three and would have oh, sold yeah. out a fourth if not for the blizzard that didn't show up. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, that was when, uh, that was right shortly after the Charlie Hebdo attacks where he was. Yes, like, he, got he the, wore Charlie Hebdo The Charlie Hebdo shirt. So, in your opinion, as we've seen big shows like this, we've been to the garden to see a show is it good for comedy i mean it's good for ticket sales and it's good for the mainstream and people who don't know about comedy and they're just like oh yeah sure bill burr i like his whatever and he's at the garden but is does it help or hurt comedy do you think striving for something like that i think it's i don't know if hurt but it's not good for comedy in terms like i don't think good comedy happens in those spaces i don't think they're good audiences i also think uh what was i gonna say um they're not good audiences. Oh, it's it's the the audiences they attract are people that's like, oh, comedy's happening. It like it's not mm-hmm. people that like know you know some people know who they are, but if you're trying to f- sell twelve thousand tickets, it's yeah. just like a comedian's happening in Madison Square Garden, and it must be good. Right, right. Yeah, and if you're big enough to book that, it's not exactly like gonna really change your trajectory this at all. I don't know. So and it's, it's not the feather in the cap all, thing. So. Feather in yeah. the cap. I guess. Well, yeah. You know, a good number of these comedians did it because they crunched the numbers and realized oh if i can do radio city for four shows why don't i just do one show at the garden and it's those four radio city audiences comedians are that lazy huh it's more it's probably more the agents and managers in the are going you want to get on this list because if you get on this list while there's still only 12 people on it well, I definitely think agents, it, and also I, I yeah. guess there's a value to, if you're selling out the garden, in terms of press coverage, people are like, oh, that must mean they're a big deal, where, you know, Bill Burr, probably of all these people, I was the most surprised that he was doing, because he doesn't have, like, a big mainstream crossover success yet, though people have known him for a while, so it's maybe something that, like, oh, people might have taken notice, um, oddly enough, he, I seemed like he wasn't doing a lot of press around doing the garden, but, um... It is a thing where, oh, now he can say that he can do it, and now he doesn't have to do it again, but he can be like, well, he's sold, yeah. he's, he's sold a Madison Square Garden. And that's, in, anytime comedy's in a bigger space, it's ultimately probably for the best, at least f- for the time being, because it allows mainstream crossover media to take it a little bit more seriously, uh, at least for the time being. Right, Wait, sense. was Burr's black and white special this year? Yeah, uh, no, the end of the Yeah, that okay. was that was that last was a dynamite special. That, that was amazing. Special. Yeah, I was about to say. All right, speaking oh, of shows, what was your favorite show you guys attended this year? Um, whether you're covering it or you just went or it was a part of the festival, do, do you have one that jumps out in your brain that like you knew you were a part of something special that night uh, and it was cool to be there for that one? So Joe Firestone put on a counter festival during the New York Comedy Festival in a abandoned garage or it's an abandoned car wash. So it was from 12 to 12. And I was only go, able to go for, to six hours of it because I had to go to another thing. Because you have a life? 
No, because well, I had to actually go to a, it's because it's New York Comedy Festival. I had to go to something else I was covering. Um, it's hard to even describe what it was. So essentially, like part of it was a bunch of people were doing parodies of like a New Faces showcase. <laughs> so it was like a bunch of like very alt comedians doing. Uh, someone was pretending to be the type of like a uh, uh, what's that show on MPV? Uh, guy code, girl code type okay, comedians. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Joe Firestone did a parody of um, like a high school talent show. Uh, which her and where her and this other comedian were doing all the characters in a high school comedy uh, talent show, but then there was also people who were doing portraitures. It was uh, someone bought a bunch of pizza for everybody. It felt like a real thing, which Joe Firestone is, I guess, a special. It's her specialty, just like put on events, yeah, that are so singular that will never happen again, that are weird that exist, but because that's her thing, it's it was really special, and I felt like, oh, this is a thing that will only make sense for like this right moment in, in comedy do you think uh, uh, she does it again next year or is it just like you said she, one and done yeah she probably will i mean like she'll do something i think she liked doing it it was a lot of work but she likes putting on events and people went um it seemed like all day which i think she was probably <laughs> pleasantly surprised about um and yeah i think she just puts on she puts like she has a six hour uh christmas show on sunday she just puts on shows what you do. All right. Uh, Kala, what about you? What uh, did you I see had this to year? Just, I just had to go look through my Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah, Instagram is probably a good indicator of like, yeah. You, wanted, yeah. you wanted to document it. Yeah. I know. I think it'd have to be um, this summer at Just for Laughs. Uh, they did the Roastmasters oh, yes. International. Yeah, that's a, that was, that's a good answer. I have a, a photo answer. here of uh, that was a hot ticket, Mike man. Judge yeah. and Tasha Legero, Jeff, um, Ross, Neil Patrick Harris, Chappelle, there were other people there that yeah. aren't in this photo, but um, that was just fantastic. And um, I felt that was that guy was robbed. I yeah, I didn't think it's been brought up. The British guy I came down to Jimmy Carr, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Carr, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, Broussard. Um, not that Broussard, the other one. Um, <laughs> Matt, so, no. Matt Broussard is. Was it Matt Broussard? No, Did, there's a Matt Broussard who's a singer, and there's a comedian there's, Matt Broussard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that out, Broussard yeah. guy, <laughs> I yeah. thought, destroyed and yeah. should have won. Really? And they all voted for Jimmy Carr. It was really famous. difficult yeah. because well, we Carr, had this big thing. Carr also <laughs> dominated the entire week. Sure. Yeah. Dominated. But like, he was just like doing jokes in yeah. his voice and yeah. then putting Directing the guy's name that, at the right. beginning. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, if, a, a port, an important visual, I think, for people that weren't there was Jimmy Carr with the clipboard. Yeah, with the book. He had like a clipboard, like reading his jokes out, and then like. I mean, if you've seen Roast Battle before, it's just like, that is not what it's about no, at all. No, no, not at all. So it was hard, but that was just a fantastic show. And there were a lot of good other shows at um That That was like, Montreal. that capped off every night at JFL. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like, everyone wanted to get in there. Like, we were we were there. We were th- with friends texting, like, I saved you a seat. Like, get here now. Like, yeah. it was, it was. Yeah, people were climbing in through the windows, man. Yeah, it, it, was, was, uh, it, was, it, was it was unbelievable. I was with people thing. that were trading badges. Like, yeah. sending yeah, badges absolutely. outside to be worn to come back in. That was uh, so great. Yeah, there's there's some great ones, too. Did either of you guys see the finals like yeah. i think yeah, we, we, we got out of town day. yeah, yeah. We the day of the only the one yeah, yeah. we it was the only one we missed maybe it was just me i just thought it was i was annoyed that jimmy Carr won and <laughs> yeah, no one too. cared <laughs> no. and then like after you know for weeks after i wanted to talk to people about it but it, <laughs> yeah, like, no, no one wants to hear about a roast set from like well yeah. next time that happens t- tell us come on a podcast and just vent for 15 oh minutes God. if you want <laughs> just lay into it man All yeah right. i was upset by that too i wanted the underdog to win that's, that's a great call by the way that that uh that's one of two shows that would have been my best show of uh, 2015 what about you sean oh that's a great i mean the roast master yeah definitely that was, stood out the most for you the hit. well no uh, I mean, I would definitely have picked that as one of the top mm-hmm. ones. Uh, a couple other moments for me as I scroll through my Instagram. <laughs> uh, 
One was uh, right downstairs here at the Comedy Cellar. I got to see back to back Louis C.K. and John Stewart. Right, his and return. It was John right? Stewart's first time on stage in over a decade at the cellar, and that was pretty magical because I saw. Was it because that Instagram photo got shared across no. everywhere? Because your your photo went everywhere. No, it's because it. I I could see I could see it in his face. The maybe twenty minutes leading up to his decision to go on stage Look, because he, thought, he hadn't okay. oh so he was already he hanging had, out he was he was he, hanging okay. out he was just there to hang out and then as he watched louis on stage you, i could see it in his face as he was like oh i want to get on i want to go on stage and he just decided just cool. on the whim to go up on stage i do agree that he probably so was again i was not there i did not mm. come and, and see the show and snap a selfie like sean did <laughs> it wasn't a selfie it was like <laughs> it was he's me over was my it, was shoulder, it over the I'm shoulder take a selfie to pretend no it was a it was a, i will say it was a strategic selfie it was a stealthy i mean i'm not gonna knock it because it was a great photo yeah, that, that website better exist selfie.com <laughs> we'll, we'll buy it after this um no. so i guess the bigger question is at what point uh in your career, do you get to start using fake names to appear <laughs> and to then, you know, get yourself five, 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> that is an interesting question. When I am always interested when a comedian transfers to drop in and not just right. a person. Yeah. Like I remember when before John Mulaney's show, before he even moved to LA or whatever, when we still, he, I remember he was a person that was listed in lineups and then he was a person who was not and would show up to everything anyway. Mm-hmm. I was like, did who made that call? Yeah. When did that, when, when did he cross that when line? He's like, hey, Max, I think if I come to Big Terrific, you can't put my name or people are going to be swarming. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird if the comedian made that call themselves. All right. Or maybe they do. I don't know. Well, it's also the whole uh, the diner 8x10 photo, too. Like, who does, does someone legitimately request that? And is it delivered that same day? Do, does the person have it on them? Uh, do they bring it with them and ask if they could be put up on the wall? I think they have like, to send it and then just cross their fingers that it gets put up. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> Oh, especially uh, if it's a diner in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They're just well, like, they'll take oh, I thought anything. you were talking about the seller. Oh, the yeah, seller. yeah, well, the seller, too. Yeah, like how yeah. does, you know, it's uh, Well, it's that's crazy. probably like a very deliberate decision. Like sure. a rite of passage. Yeah, of course. One more before I forget. Yeah. I saw Hannibal close the King's Theater show for New York Comedy Festival. Oh, cool. Oh, I saw that too. Those and the I've been to a bunch of shows at theaters, and I'm always like, this is weird. Like, the energy I always feel yeah. so low because you're sitting, and mm-hmm. I've never seen someone crush as hard as he did for 40 minutes at that theater wow and i've been seeing for years and like he's always been great for a while but that mm-hmm. show i thought he was so good also, at, at the th- end of a very long show of a lot of people yeah. doing very well and oh hello dropped in on yeah. that show it was a great i was just show. about to say that was another i mean i didn't get to go to ho hello oh, oh hello on broadway that sorry <laughs> i think that was the that was probably the funniest like comedy thing that I went to, I forgot I went to that. Oh, That's hello! Because Jesse was off- actually allowed to go because that was like the hottest ticket. Like uh, we were on StubHub <laughs> yesterday, fourteen hundred dollars for a ticket. Yeah, it was fourteen fourteen hundred dollars for a ticket to oh, Hello. For one ticket to oh, Hello. One ticket to oh, Hello. That's, uh, that's it's great. <laughs> Shut up, Jesse. <laughs> it's no Hamilton. It's no Hamilton. Wow. I got to go to the press conference. I actually covered it for oh, Jesse. Oh, yeah. How was that? Yeah. It was great. I felt like I got to see the show for the free show. because oh, cool. it was an hour of them in Doing character. That. Which is a part of the show, yeah. And it's, it's a part of the show, apparently, yeah. They'll, I think they're going to expand it. They love doing that. That's the rumor. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I talked to John for a while, and his eyes lit up talking about Oh, Hello. He really is in his element. Like, like those two characters, Nick enjoys just playing a character, and you, he's a better actor. But John just gets to say the type of things he would have said <laughs> right. if he got to wear a wig. Um, and it really is like it's interesting, and they it's it's much more of a play than I thought it was going to be. Like they do, it's a stupid play, but it is a parody of like theater okay. and like the super seriousness of it. Um, 
and they have to remember their lines and there's lighting cues. Uh, it's really great, and if it does go on Broadway, I, I suggest it to, to anyone. Nice. All right, I think one of the standout moments for me uh, it happened earlier on when uh, Matt and I went out to L.A. just to, I think we were, we were helping with the uh, first ever comedy tent on Warp Tour, of all yes. places. Yes. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> and um, we we went and saw the goddamn Comedy Jam out in L.A. on their home turf mm. at the Lyric Theater. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, small room, not even, you know, 80 people, whatever. Black box theater. Yeah, we're stuffed in there. And the energy and the magic Mm -hmm. and the organicness and just the combination of music. Like, it was anything and everything you could ever want out of any show. And it was jammed in there. It was just perfection. Yeah. And uh, I'm super psyched to see where this thing goes down the road. Now, they put it in a bigger space when it came here in New York for the... For the um, right, it was at the New York Comedy Festival. New York Comedy Festival. It was Festival. also at uh, Montreal. Was Montreal. Yeah, and in Montreal. It was great in Montreal. Montreal was, was a small Gramercy room as well. York, yeah. But the Gramercy was a little bit bigger. Energy, little. It was much bigger. <laughs> yeah, much bigger. But but the energy was different. It was a different feel to the show. It was definitely it was more of a drunken New York crowd. Yeah, and and it made me think. I don't think this show should be in bigger rooms. I think it needs to be in that small room. Yeah, it it, it just theater. operates differently. You know, it's a I different saw it circumstances. for the first time in Montreal this year, mm-hmm. and in that. It was like a smaller bar yeah, and the, the catacombs. The, I the catacombs yeah. and the the crowd was primarily I don't know what I guess because it was a middle of the day show, but the crowd was full of like old white French people, <laughs> and right. they got so into it. And that to me was like this extra layer of mm-hmm. just like they were getting so excited. It was like watching your mom participate in it, and he was like hitting on the women of and stuff. It was just hilarious. And like yeah, I mean I can't even imagine that's another like conceptual show yeah. that right. I could see being in a lot more. Is places. it the next roast battle? Hey, I mean, I, you know I love yeah. Rose Battle. I mean, I think yeah. it's already there. I think, yeah. I think it is, yeah. They, Louis and Sarah Silverman did it. Just did it, right? And yeah. I feel like, I don't know where I saw that news. Like, I think that just, like, got out Bird there. Bird does it all the time yeah, in yeah. L.A. Yeah, they all do it. Everyone in L.A. has done that thing. That yeah. It's the it's definitely the cool thing to do now. Like, you want to be a part of it, it as yeah. opposed yeah. to, you know, Josh Ademeyer's trying to seek people out to yeah, come yeah. be a part of it. Why do you feel like those kinds of concept shows happen more in L.A. than in New York? We're just over Because it. it's Hollywood, man. I think, I think yeah. because they need something. You were mentioning gimmicks for specials. I think the LA shows need a, a hook to get people to come out. Right. They, they won't come out. They fans. won't come out to just the comedy club. Yeah. They need a. They need a hook. They're more diehard comedy fans. I feel like. In LA. In LA than New York. Like as far as like comedy. Well, because you have to kind of seek it out a little bit. More. You have to seek it out. There's a lot you more have to drive podcasting. So far. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to, to commit. Right. Mm-hmm. We can see ten shows in one block radius. Right. It, all at the same time. You really yeah, if you're gonna get a person to drive across town to do to see something, I mean, that, like now if a show's popular, people will go. Like I, I was in LA this spring, and like you know, roast battles the line out the door. Of course, but like I went to a show that's like closer to downtown. Oh, and I, I gotta remember the name. That it's apparently packed every week, and then just like slowly, people got less and less packed, and then they had to stop the show. Um, there's like that because LA just has so many comedians mm-hmm. now and so many shows, and they're all over the place. And driving terrible, like you can like, <laughs> especially if you have like two drink minimum places, like right. you want to go to the store and then somewhere else, like it really, yeah. The parking's annoying, and you just like let me park my own car. You have to like a make a whole schedule. I, yeah. I, it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday. I went from like UCB to a show in a, a sex shop 
to the comedy store to another. And oddly enough, Hannibal was like there to work on his roast jokes, and he's at every single show. He saw him four <laughs> so you times. saw the same line <laughs> five times. Yeah. Five times. Like, that joke got better. Okay, we were in. We were actually in LA the same week, and oh, yeah. I went to Meltdown, and okay. I had the same experience where I kept hearing everyone's roast jokes yeah. over and over. I saw Jeff Ross do his five times in a week. Everyone working on the roast jokes. The only the, uh, we uh, we got Nate Bargatze the day after the Bieber roast when he lost his phone, uh, mm-hmm. lost his lost his plane ticket or missed his plane. Had to spend like eighteen hundred dollars. Like we, oh, the South all, by it's already yeah. capped in our podcast with Nate Bargatze. But like the roasts sound like it sounded like it was like. Yeah, pretty crazy. A, a train wreck for some of the comics drinking. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we we mentioned briefly, you know, fifteen hundred dollars for a no hello ticket. How much would how much would you guys pay if if we weren't in our position? Oh, if we weren't, yeah, 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 because obviously well, five dollars. We're, we're, we're beyond spoiled, man. I mean, we yeah. have ultimate access. We get free tickets yeah, I to everything. I, I can and, answer this because I had to pay to see Dave Chappelle in Montreal, oh, and I was right. willing to pay. I don't know if it was a hundred dollars Canadian or a hundred dollars American after okay. the exchange. Okay, so a hundred bucks. Okay, for Chappelle. Chappelle. How many shows did he did? Seven, twelve, a hundred. He did a million shows in Montreal. Like this yeah, yeah. Some Not the record that he had done a couple years mm-hmm. previous, but so was it worth it? You paid a hundred bucks. You got yeah. in, and you were t- you were you weren't annoyed that you had to pay as a journalist to like get in. Well, it's a business expense on my taxes. All right. All right, that's a great point. Well, I mean, yeah. like, like Oddball so I rationalized it. Yeah. yeah, Oddball had a pretty expensive ticket for it this year. I mean, I want to say that was between like eighty and one hundred twenty dollars. I think around there. Off for the. I Oddball went to thing. Oddball. It was a great show. I didn't have to pay. Well, yeah, we're, 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 we're thinking, thinking but, like, but, but I would have, but I would have, yeah. paid for that. Like, sure. I paid like hundred dollars to see a, a comedy show that I really wanted to see. Yeah, hundred bucks. As a civilian. If, if yeah. it's like I would have paid one fifty for Oh Hello. Now thinking about it, because it's a limp. Hypothetically, if it's only yeah. these twenty, and it's the only time I'll see it ever, right? Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. But it's yeah. like it, it. It's hard to imagine, especially these big venues, because I don't like seeing comedy in big venues. Right. That'd be like. Yeah, you're not dropping a hundred at the Garden. Because I remember yeah. I paid. To see Louis when he was doing those like New York the Center shows, dollar to- tour. I, was, I can't remember, and I was just like, "What? I'd rather see Louis for like five dollars do ten minutes because I don't like the the energy of a theater or yeah. the bigger venues." So that's kind of like odd. Like I don't like music festivals in general because it's I'd rather see the act I want to see with the best quality sound. I feel like a comedy. I didn't go to Oddball, but it's it sounds daunting and like kind of scary to see like a <laughs> parade of comedians and then like a large crowd of people standing. I feel like. I don't like crowds. It's not to the crux of the situation yeah. if you don't like crowds. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, though. I, I don't think I would... I have never paid to go to Oddball or, like, Festival mm. Supreme or any of these other festivals that are, like... Uh, I mean, I go to festivals, but yeah. I wouldn't pay to go see a big-ass comedy but, show. Okay, okay, so you wouldn't pay. And just in, If you weren't in the situation you're in, you wouldn't pay that much, probably. It would depend. Oh, hello. We, I we also get spoiled in New York, let's be honest. You can spend yeah. five, ten bucks and see a drop-in from someone, and it's like, oh, yeah. shit. Or you can go to Whiplash for free yeah. on Monday nights, yeah, and you exactly. can see every single major headliner just pop in and do 45 because they feel like it, right? Yeah. Well, you're kind of rolling the dice whether they can. Yeah. 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 Well, if you have inside information, you know who's going to be around, Sean. Come on. <laughs> we work in the biz. You know when to show up. But again, this is a reality where we don't I'm, work I'm in the biz. I'm speaking yeah. to regular people. I'm, yeah. I'm the candidate speaking to the regular people. Sean is a man of the people. Oh, man. I'm the unver- I speak for the unverified. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad. Just you know, I should just be able to show our blue check marks you in? Like, hey, I'm looking verified. Let me in. Well, I'll say what it does do. No, there's two. It gives you a bonus timeline, right? In your no, Twitter feed. And because you if you at if you tweet at somebody, yeah. or you follow them, they will notice. They get notified. Yeah. So that is, that difference might 
you know, it might make someone realize that I was like, hey, can I come to the show? Hypothetically, and I think I've only done that once, and it was uh, for that show in a sex store in L.A. Because I didn't know the time of the show, but it wasn't. And he's like, oh, yeah, come in. I'll put you on the list or whatever. But oh. like, so, yeah, I guess everybody helps in that <laughs> small sense. But it wasn't like adding Nick Kroll being like, can I get in? Uh, Why would you just wink right now? I, <laughs> you know, because I probably could. I, have, I, have, I have a sidebar, which is that. Did you guys see that Michael Che joined Twitter again this week? Oh, no. no. Didn't catch and that. I saw your response to that. No, I did not see. I saw that he You're was. Like, he's been all over here. Instagram, and he's great on Facebook when he goes on Facebook. Yeah. But I I, no. Know. I what, what was my response? I followed him. Okay. Yeah, but that's it. Anyway, <laughs> sidebar over. Is he already verified? Is that what you're saying? He's unverified. Yeah. Cool. I mean, he well, you don't get. Yeah, you don't get verified right away. You have is he back like, on his Che thinks, or is he something yeah. else? It's okay. back to Che thinks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we spilled over into festivals because that was another topic. Uh, you know, we threw around to talk about. And it, seeing a parade of comedians is, is always a daunting thing for me as well. You know, you go to these festivals, you see 100 shows in a day, you're just worn out, you yeah. know. But if you're going to just one show and you're seeing 10 different voices, that's a lot to transition. Even if they're only doing 5, 10, 15 minutes, it's a lot to take in. Um, I don't know how a person that doesn't watch comedy all the time, I don't know how they do it. I know it's tough for me. And is it hard for you guys to go to a festival, actually enjoy things? Do you not really care? Do you just want to see your one thing and get out? Or like, how do you guys absorb the festivals? And, and do you think those are, are something that uh, are good for comedy? Because they're, they're on their own now. They're on their own two feet. You don't need to be at Coachella and then there's a comedy tent. Yeah. It's just, no, this is this festival and it's happening and it's outdoors and it's 50 comedians. And, and uh, most of the time it's the same lineups. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. Do you guys festival is good for comedy? Bad? Well, it's. I mean, it's it's spread to every state in the in the country now. Sure. There's a con- Matt and I talk about this all the time. There's you know, a comedy festival, festival every festival every weekend. Yeah. There's a festival and now, if, right? You know, for people who don't live in a city or a state that has major league comedy clubs or theaters, like a festival is your chance to see all these big names in one weekend mm-hmm. or one day. So it's, you know, it's great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's fun for the comedians, depending on the festival, where they just all get to hang out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, some festivals cater more to the comedians than they do to the fans. Yeah, totally. In terms of, like, m- being like a, you know, field trip summer camp kind of experience. For me, as a journalist, when I go <laughs> to a festival, if it's a multi-day festival, I try to absorb as much as possible. But usually that last day, I start to run out of gas. And I, f- I feel bad for whatever shows I've, I'm going to on that last day because I'm just. What's the biggest so. show you've ever blown off? <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, tw- well, in 2014 in Montreal, I blew off everything. <laughs> that that Saturday night, I just went back to my Airbnb and just said, oh, "I'm going to take a nap." And then I just the, the Saturday, and then I woke up yeah. from my nap and I'm like. Yeah, I don't need to go to whatever late show I had a ticket the, for, and I don't need to go to the after party at the yeah, back down at the yeah. down the hill at the Hyatt. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Saturday at Just for Last is a tough day because you're like you've seen so much comedy, you physically just can't laugh anymore about stuff. I, I agree with you on that sometimes. So whatever I had tickets for that last <laughs> night in 2014, right. I do think they're good because. I mean, people that don't see these, they'll get to yeah. see better comedians, like good comedians that they never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I think any way you can do that is popular. I mean, not popular, is very good. It's like music festivals, the benefit is like one, good people get priority and 
which is not necessarily the case in almost all other booking um because if you don't if, if someone's not gonna know who you are you want someone who's good you don't because it's again it's just like oh we just need someone who's good and i think that's good for comedy that you can have names of people who aren't popular but are good um and i think they probably pay better than like just doing a date yeah, like in the freaking nowhere so that's good for comedy and like good for comedians making a living um in terms of blowing off anytime there's a thing in a in a big arena at those festivals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we and know Jesse doesn't like crowds. Doesn't like and crowds. that really is a crowd thing. Like, they, it was at New York Comedy Festival, so I think funny. I was offered a burn. I was like, I don't want to go to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of like, maybe getting there is fine, but then we'd all leave at the same time, and I don't want to be around <laughs> 12,000 strangers. Um, Are you getting home by Uber? <laughs> because the subway is a little too much. Nervously I would say Uber has changed the way I would look at festivals, really? I think, because yeah. you get around easier. I would say like i like festivals that have a badge or something where you can kind of just walk walk around and pop into things it kind of make i guess because i'm a new yorker and that's sort of how i feel about like just popping into random places here but new york comedy festival i still argue is like not really a comedy festival because there's not a badge um i mean there's it's hard it's like a lot of the shows are expensive and far away there is like packages now though the new york comedy festival oh really yeah Yeah. they just started this year if i'm not mistaken where you can buy like different levels to get you into X yeah. number of events. I, I felt the same way about the festival, too. Well, it's, for it's, the longest time, it's literally just like any given Saturday in New York, you can see Yeah, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. Just them wrangling but what I do like about it is the influx of people from out. Yeah. Like, this year, I feel like I met a bunch of comics that were from not from New York or L.A. that I appreciated. And, uh, yeah, so in a way, yeah, and also as a, as a journalist, I think it's fun at festivals just to see comedians interacting that you don't normally see hanging out, and that's, like, gives you a lot of perspective, so... Yeah. I feel like New York Comedy Festival, now these are comedians are just waiting for New York Comedy Festival to come to New York. And then you see, like, there might be four comedians you never get to see because they yeah. live in L.A. and they're all at 7.30 at Saturday. It, right. Yeah. Like, like, Damn it. There's a lot of overlap. I mean, there's always going to be overlap, but I feel like New York specifically, there's it's, way it's, too much overlap. That's like a 4.30 show for them. So they're... Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're I, I like best. festivals personally. Joke. I mean, like... Putting the journalistic thing aside because it's like, all right, I got to cover some, something else. But like, I, I could use a personal example as my wife. I took her to a couple festivals this year, and she has become a fan of those comedians, and she now feels like she has ownership of those comedians because she saw them first. So her and her girlfriends now like love comedian X, Y, or Z because of festivals. And then she would have never stepped foot in a comedy club with me on like a Friday night, but going to a festival with a bunch of her girlfriends on a Saturday afternoon for seeing 20 names for a relatively cheap price comparatively. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the small town aspect of what you're talking about. It's a good, good gateway. Do you not know who you wa- your wife likes or do you not want to divulge who your wife <laughs> she, likes? No, 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 no. Just comedian X, Y. No, actually, no. You don't know, you're not familiar with comedian X, Y. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Yeah, he was part of New Faces. Actually, no, actually, she actually has, I'm glad she has great taste in comics. She actually, this past year, she fell in love with Kyle Kinane. That's my girlfriend's favorite comedian. Yeah, fell in love with Kyle Kinane. Those are my favorite comedian. I love Kyle Kinane. Fell in love with Kyle Kinane, Mark Normand, Nate Bargatze, and Ari Shafir. She fell in love with all those guys. I've seen him at festivals, so you know. Nice. So there's your X, Y, and Z. There's show. your X, Y, and Z. There's your Sean. scoop. <laughs> Call there's me scoop. out. I'm not gonna let that just fly. <laughs> All right. So that was the end of part one, Matt. Part one. Part one's in the books. So uh, uh, kids, or or I, I should say, full blown adults at this point, it's time to flip the cassette over to side B. Uh, we'll have side B for you next week right here on the Laugh Button Podcast and uh, a whole slew of things we'll be discussing in the second half. So stay tuned and be sure to follow us in the meantime at the Laugh Button. Go to our merch store, buy yourself some nice shirts. You can get hoodies, man. You can get all kinds of stuff. Go to RyeCast.com, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Do all that good 
stuff and uh, and follow Kotla, the comics comic, and Jesse David Fox on their socials. They are the journalists that cover comedy for you. So show them some love. All right, until next week, part two. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.